So we know that STEM is science, technology, engineering, and math. But for one teacher who began a STEM coordinator role just as the pandemic hit, she's helping to make STEM about strategies that engage minds. Welcome to the STEM Everyday Podcast. Each episode features educators sharing their practical ideas to put more science, technology, engineering, and math into every classroom every day. For show notes and more information, visit dailystem.com. Here's your host, Chris Woods. Well, I'm so excited that on today's episode of the STEM Everyday Podcast, to get to chat with Kayla Norville, and you can hear uh, some of the incredible things that she's doing to bring more STEM, more science to, to middle school kids and, and helping middle school educators get excited about uh, adding more STEM into all their different types of subjects and classrooms. She's a STEM coordinator in rural North Carolina. Welcome to the show today, Kayla. Hi, it's nice to be here. Yeah, and, and I know Kayla is a big fan of the STEM Everyday podcast, so I'm so excited about that. I, I'm so glad. Just first of all, just tell us, I mean, you were a, a teacher and, and you became this STEM coordinator at a, at a rural North Carolina school. And, and what was like that transition like? Yeah, it was actually crazy. It's like if this position fell from the sky. So I started mm-hmm. off as a middle school math and science teacher. Mm-hmm. So it kind of worked out really well. Yeah. And I left the classroom about five years ago to pursue my PhD. Oh, wow. And so, went, so Dr. Kayla, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Good job. I'm still trying to get used to that title, I guess you say, but my degree was actually in learning and teaching in STEM education. Mm-hmm. And it was actually supposed to be more of a science education, but they transformed the program to be more of a STEM education. Gotcha. So once, once I got that degree, it just, everything just kind of fell into place. I really didn't know what I was looking to do. Mm-hmm. I knew, I mean, I knew I wanted to teach. So after I got the PhD, I looked into being a college professor and I'll actually, I had an interview Yeah. and during the interview, all I could talk about was middle school. Oh. <laughs> you know what? I, I think educators, I like that. We just have this heart for whatever type mm-hmm. of grade, whatever kid that we, we really just bond with and connect with. So that's awesome, Kayla, that, that you're mm-hmm. doing that. And, and so you ended up in a middle school, right? I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got a call that they were looking for a STEM coordinator in a school. And I really didn't know what that was. I didn't know much Mm -hmm. about the program. So here in North Carolina, there's a distinction that Mm -hmm. you can work towards. Uh, It's called just NC STEM School of Distinction. And that's what this school is still trying to strive for. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it is. It's a, it's a journey. It's a, it's a mm-hmm. challenge. It's not something that just because you put that title on your school and your letterhead and, and start stamping it onto things, that, that doesn't instantly turn you into a STEM school. Mm-hmm. So you're a teacher, you were, you were in this new role, and, mm-hmm. and not only was it a brand new role for you, you Kayla, it was, it was during a pandemic too. So that had to be a little bit of a challenge, right? Yes, very much so. So uh, as you know, one of the big things in STEM is to have collaboration and working mm-hmm. in teams and things of that sort. Yeah. And in addition to just trying to do all of this in a pandemic, this school also had a lot of new teachers, oh, which yeah. is good because, you know, they're gung-ho to do new and awesome things, which right, yeah. is it's fabulous. But also trying to work with the classroom management and collaborating in this space. Yeah, exactly. Has, has been quite interesting. We have found some ways to work around that, mm-hmm. but it definitely has been challenging. So can I, can I ask you right now, Caleb, like you got, you got the secret tips, you got the secret <laughs> ideas that every educator out there, what was the best things that you found that have, that have helped over the past year? 
as far as teamwork goes, we uh, a lot of things that we have done, we make sure that students put on hand sanitizer and then we also have them wearing gloves yeah especially like when we're like working with legos and things of that sort so Mm -hmm. that we don't have to sanitize all the pieces afterwards gotcha um and we just try to have them six feet apart (laughs) the best that we can and work in the teams um you could also uh their planning and things of that sort whenever they're plan out their STEM activity, it can be done on like Google uh, Jamboard Mm -hmm. or just Google Slides, anything like that, that they can kind of plan separately and then kind of work together from a distance on whatever they're trying to create. Yeah. So still, I mean, like you mentioned, Kayla, that that importance of teamwork, that importance Mm -hmm. of collaboration, you know, no matter what the situation, whether it's 2021 or whether it's, you know, 10 years from now, and we have no idea what's going to happen 10 years from now we need to be focusing on trying to get kids to collaborate, to work together in teams. And and you really think that that's part of the elements of a good STEM lesson, right? Yes, that's definitely because I mean, I think about just in the real world, like working as a teacher, you have to collaborate with your colleagues, Mm -hmm. especially if you want doing the STEM stuff, you have to like plan PBLs. Yeah. Yeah. Or thinking of every different type of career out there. I mean, there's mm-hmm. so much going on where, where people are working together in teams and and not only even right now, think about it. They're, they're working on teams, designing things and they're in all different spaces and different mm-hmm. businesses, offices across the country and the world. And, um, and at home now being able to mm-hmm. still collaborate. So uh, that's awesome that you got that as part of a, uh, a great aspect. Now you've been sharing a lot of the ideas that you've been been learning and coming across both as a as a science teacher in in middle school and and then also as a STEM coordinator. Uh, you you create a website brightinthemiddle.com. Definitely check it out, educators. Brightinthemiddle.com. You've got lots of blog posts, resources, and ideas there. What's what's the motivation for trying to just uh, share those ideas? I really. I feel like I've got a lot of passions, but one of my passions has always been to not only teach, love to teach, but I also want to help other educators. Yeah. And that's kind of one of the reasons that I went to pursue my PhD is because I wanted to help teach teachers, I guess you'd say, and just share, share the ideas because I think of my first year teaching and I had some support. um, And I I did, I worked at a wonderful school, Mm -hmm. but I, either I didn't know about all of the other resources available online or there just wasn't as many back then. Mm -hmm. And just having, you know, just like your podcast and different blog posts, they're just so helpful for teachers to get these ideas in their classroom and all these teacher hacks. And I mean, just how to like make a bulletin board. You can, you know, you can Google that now. And I wanted to provide those opportunities for things that, I'm not able to find online now. Yeah. Especially middle school. Middle school STEM is is pretty tough to find resources on. Yeah. I mean, there's tons of resources about elementary STEM. There's tons of uh, tons of application aspects when you get to that high school level STEM, but that that middle school is, is so important. And that's such a such a fundamental foundational uh, bunch of years where kids are really kind of moving from, you know, being like children to to starting to feel like a little bit more like adults uh, when they get to that high school level. And, and what, a, what a big difference. And I know a lot of the different blog posts, like uh, five creative ways to teach cell theory, motivation for a teacher, uh, effective methods for teaching science, or five layers of atmosphere activities. I mean, just just all different types of things, very specific to certain content things, and then also just uh, just broad scale things. And, and I know a lot of the things that you talk about are 
just those elements of what a good STEM lesson is, is going to have. So, you know, maybe, maybe share some of those, Kayla, with, with educators who are thinking, you know, a STEM lesson has to, you know, just be this kit, right? I mean, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's only one tiny fraction of it, right? Yeah. STEM means a lot of different things to a lot of people. That was actually one of the things that I had to write a paper on in college. Yeah. Is what does STEM mean to you? And yeah, it, it's a lot of things. But to me, it doesn't always have to be like a kit or mm-hmm. building something. It's like a process. And we've actually used STEM as an acronym as strategies that engage minds. Whenever I'm looking at creating a lesson or helping a teacher plan a lesson, I'm looking at that teamwork aspect for sure, that lessons integrate different content areas. Mm -hmm. So maybe not only science, but if you're working in science, you know, incorporate some literacy in there. Scientific literacy is very important. And and it doesn't only have to be a science class. And I feel that uh, that's a struggle where a lot of teachers uh, come, come upon they are teaching English and they're like, well, how am I supposed to incorporate STEM in an English class? And it is absolutely amazing. Uh, some of the lessons that some of my ELA teachers have come up with. All right, Kayla, well, I'm going to, I'm going to interrupt you then right <laughs> now. As, as much as I want to get back to that strategies that engage minds acronym, I love that for STEM. Uh, as much as I want to talk more about that right now, let's, I want to pause it. What are some of those ideas, those things that you've seen that have, that have worked maybe in, a, in an ELA classroom or a literacy classroom? Uh, and then maybe we'll dive into some other subjects too. So I know one of the things that uh, some of the teachers have done recently Mm -hmm. is they have taken an argumentative paper that was the goal Mm -hmm. and they had tied it into the energy unit in science class that where they had to argue which energy source was the best for the city that we live in. Okay. So they were looking at different they were looking at non-renewable energy and renewable energy resources. So they're getting all that scientific vocabulary, mm-hmm. but then they're having to do that research to figure out, well, well, how about solar energy? And then they were looking at like geothermal energy and all of these things. And then, you know, incorporating that argumentative writing. That's awesome. And, and that, that was and, something that they come up with. And I'm like, oh, y'all make my job so easy. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and I think a lot of educators just need that reminder that, that you can add STEM into all those different things. And if they hear of another educator saying, I was able to do it this way, that kind of sparks an idea, sparks an interest uh, for another teacher to say, okay, now I'm willing to try it. I'm, I'm willing to, to give it a go in my history class or social studies class, right? That's that's a great example. I love that of, of literacy. Any, any other subjects you've seen that you in? Yes. Uh, So uh, bringing up social studies, one of my favorite things that the social studies teacher did at our school was they were talking about ancient Egypt. Mm -hmm. And so they incorporated the uh, connects Mm -hmm. and they had uh, their students to the challenge was to create the tallest pyramid or I think it had to be maybe a foot high. Mm -hmm. Um, So we had to create the pyramid with connects So they First, they actually didn't see what the connects looked like, and a lot of them hadn't worked with it. So they yep. had to like try to guesstimate a design based and not knowing what they were about to see. Yeah. And then they had a class period to create this pyramid after they learned about the history. Yeah. And things of that sort. Yeah, that's so awesome. That was fun. And and then again, it makes it makes it tangible, makes it real life, and and it makes it where uh, they're they're really actually seeing that thing uh, visually. There, I mean, of course, every kid knows eventually what a pyramid looks like, but mm-hmm. other ideas. I mean, it, like if you had to share, like some these are some of the best STEM lessons I've seen uh, my educators at, at our school using. Um, 
you know, what are, what are, what are some of these great ideas that other educators could say, Ooh, that's a good one. I, I would love to use that in my classroom. Probably could go on for days. I don't that's, know. that's okay. Go for it. Uh, but I could talk about one in our math class. Yeah. Well, it depends on which subject you're teaching in math. I feel like mm -hmm. geometry is a little bit easier to incorporate some STEM lessons into. Oh yeah. But the teacher was discussing converting fractions, decimals, and percents. Mm -hmm. And there's probably some more you could do with that. I'm still brainstorming. Yep, yep. But we ended up having a water bottle flipping challenge okay. because, I mean, kids love to do that. Yep. Uh, we had them to fill up the water bottle at just different levels and try out flipping and how many times it was successful. They did it like how many times out of 10, how many times out of 20. Mm -hmm. And then they had to take these fractions and convert them to decibels and percents. And it was a whole inquiry-based process because they had to try to determine which percent level water was going to be the most successful while converting all of these fractions, decibels, and percents. There's optimization in, in every type of, of thing out there, mm -hmm. uh, whatever you're designing. So that, that's, that's a cool one. As opposed to just, here's a bunch of numbers, turn them into fractions, decibels, and mm -hmm. percents. So yeah. And they had a blast. Yeah. Yeah. So educators, I mean, just those simple things, you know, look around, what are your kids interested in? You know, mm -hmm. are they interested in water bottle flipping this year? Are they interested in something completely different this year? Just find mm -hmm. something that they're interested in and, and run with it. Awesome. Awesome ideas, Kayla. Again, chatting with Kayla Norville, STEM coordinator in rural North Carolina. And uh, she also has created brightinthemiddle.com if you want to connect with her there as well. Of course, every lesson goes goes exactly perfectly, right? Not, never any failure. <laughs> never any, any, any good failure stories for us as well? Now that I probably could go on for days. I'm just thinking about the water bottle example I just gave. Yep. The first thing that we did was flip with a bottle all the way full and then uh, busted water bottles everywhere. <laughs> so that is definitely a fail. So I yeah. would say if you do the water bottle challenge or whatever you want to call it, be sure to let's just not fill the bottle all the way up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> or at least show a demonstration and only make one mess. One, one person make the mess instead of everybody. And if you make the mess, yes. but, but then again, kids learn from that too. I mean, mm -hmm. when they, when they, I mean, almost sometimes it's a good idea, I think for educators to actually build in a, a something that they know is going to fail for those kids. Mm -hmm. so. And that's yeah, definitely for sure. So I couldn't even say, if you say you really have any epic fails in STEM because uh, mistakes are proof that you are trying and mm -hmm. mistakes are, are great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But messes can be good. Yeah. And I think a lot of educators, again, are a little bit worried to try and fail or a little bit mm -hmm. worried to make a mess. And, um, you know, as long as you get your kids thinking about, you know, what you can learn from that mistake, from that failure, uh, then then that's good. And then also teach the kids also to help uh, clean up with the messes, help them to to make sure that they value the resource that we have in our schools and our classrooms and, and take care of their space. And they'll take a better ownership in, in those things as well, especially if you're using like special tools and resources and things like that. So mm -hmm. um, I, I want to hit back though, Kayla, because you mentioned that that strategies that engage minds. So mm -hmm. thinking think about that as an, as an acronym for STEM, them, we can engage minds in, in every subject. Again, you talked about just those, those things that are so important to add into STEM lessons in, in, in everything, you know, the standards, the meaningful, the cross-curricular, and those, those particular elements. Maybe, maybe talk a little bit more about that, about how educators need to be designing those lessons when they're starting to think about those things. Yes. So especially like in the core content areas, I think a lot of teachers in general are another reason that they're afraid to trust them in their classroom is because they have all this curriculum 
mm-hmm. all of these standards that they yeah. have to teach. And they say, well, we just, we don't have time. Right. But if you take that standard and build off of it, it's just amazing what can happen. And you are teaching that standard. Oh yeah. And then you are getting students so engaged. So, so let's <clears throat> say um, you are trying to teach like the defense mechanism of a plant okay, and yep. the reproductive structures. Cause I think that's a sixth grade science standard in mm-hmm. North Carolina. Yep. So this is an example that one of my teachers did. So to teach that standard, she made them think like looking at flowers, like starting with a question. Why are dandelions so successful? What what about them <laughs> makes yeah. them just like uh, go everywhere? Exactly. Or what about like the Venus flytrap? Mm-hmm. What what about the Venus flytraps makes it successful? And how does it grow? How does it reproduce? How does it protect itself? Mm-hmm. And things of that sort. If you want to incorporate STEM, just think about it. So how can how can I incorporate STEM? So my teacher friend, she came up with designing a flower. Okay. So they had to think about how do flowers grow, reproduce, mm-hmm. and defend themselves. And mm-hmm. they had to think of these particular structures and look at different flowers and design one of their own. Yeah. And I think she spent a day having them to draw it out and she told them what materials they would have. And then they actually got to design it the next day. That's and awesome. that took that took two days to cover mm-hmm. that standard. Right. You could do this with all subject areas. And one thing I'd say to watch out for is looking at the technology. Don't just use technology just to use technology. But if it right. fits with mm-hmm. your standard and your curriculum, do it. Yeah. Like I think about the green screen. Don't just use a green screen to just use a green screen. Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Just because it's shiny and cool and the yes. kids are going to like it. Right. And it is cool. Yeah. But it if it if it works with your lesson, go for it. Yeah. And I think about that lesson that you just shared, Kayla, you know, getting those kids to think through all those aspects of a flower, of its reproduction, of of all the parts of the flower. They're even though it took two days for them to to do and design and create and make those things, you know, and maybe you're thinking, oh, that's longer than I had hoped to spend on that, or we didn't get all these worksheet questions done. Um, those kids have a, a very tangible, you know, hands-on understanding of flowers now that that they probably wouldn't have had with just a worksheet or just uh, let's fill in the blanks and and let's just listen to the teacher talk about uh, parts of a plant. Mm-hmm. Definitely love uh, all these great ideas that you've been sharing with us, Kayla. And again, uh, people should check out brightinthemiddle.com to find out uh, all sorts of great ideas. I was even looking at another one, uh, teaching science vocabulary in middle school. And, you know, of course, different must-haves for, for science activities in, in middle school. And just so many things focused. I uh, can't encourage educators enough to, to check that out. But uh, thinking right now about the future of STEM education, and we've already seen it change so much. Like you said, you started out in a, in a program that was about you know, science education, and it really turned into STEM education. What do you see? What do you hope is the future of, of STEM, Kayla? I would like to see what's going on. And we right now are trying to, we want to become a STEM school, but we're more of like a STEM program. It's just a few mm-hmm. select teachers that are going yeah. on this adventure. Yeah, an adventure. Like to, I love that. Yes. <laughs> I'd love to see it all over our school and then STEM in every school at every every level. Mm-hmm. And I think elementary is a great place to start because mm-hmm. once they get that foundation, they're able to apply these skills on up. And I would love to see it beyond the school and, you know, going out to the parents of the community and yeah. making STEM just a big deal. Because I mean, the skills that I'm learning just being a STEM coordinator are helping me 
in my everyday life. Yeah. And you have two kids of your own at home and, and mm-hmm. they're getting a lot of these uh, benefits of, of thinking about STEM, right? And like I like to say, you know, we tell parents to read to their kids. We got to tell parents to do STEM with their kids and, and find mm-hmm. ways to incorporate it into those little little activities, those little things we do every day with them. Yes. My poor kids. I'm like, well, why did you do that? <laughs> well, what can we do to, what can we do to fix that? I thought, I thought kids were supposed to be the ones always asking why, why, why? So uh, Kayla is doing a great job as, as a mom too. So uh, if you could also, uh, and I love to ask everybody this, Kayla, if you could have somebody from STEM past or present come into your classroom and just be a guest speaker and just inspire those kids, who would that be? This is a very tough question because there are so many uh STEM people out there. Um, But I would say right now, I'm a fan of Mark Rober on Mm -hmm. YouTube. I'll think of someone that can really engage kids in science experiments and and when STEM in general, because I just think he's had a video on just like the largest like elephant toothpaste and just like... Like recently, I saw him where he had right right at the Super Bowl time, you know, this robotic thing to kick a field goal from from further than an NFL uh, kicker can do. You know, just all those yes. those really relevant things. He's definitely making STEM relevant. Yes. So the, I would love to see him in my classroom or in my school to engage the kids in STEM because it is very relevant and it's it awesome. And, and I think a lot of kids can gain from that. They can realize, hey, you know, I want to be that famous YouTuber. I want to be mm-hmm. that famous, you know, whether whether the fame thing comes or not, the kids can realize that it takes a lot of hard work to get to the stage of being somebody like a Mark Rober. I mean, he he worked at NASA. He, he, he learned how to do all these different things, the, the fabrication techniques. It wasn't just what he learned in his science class and now I'm going to make a video. Yeah. So Mark, if you're listening uh, or if anybody knows Mark, uh, definitely reach out to Kayla, head to brightinthemiddle.com and and get get Mark and and Kayla to connect. And Kayla, you're a terrific reminder to so many educators that if we're willing to to step out and try something new, this was was a new role for you in, in a really challenging time. And um, you, you faced it head on. And, and, and like you said, it's, it's a journey and an adventure. And, and we really look forward to, to uh, seeing what happens in your journey and, and adventure that you're creating at your school. And, and hopefully more educators uh, join that journey and adventure at their school as well. So uh, keep up the good work, Kayla, and uh, really appreciate everything today. All right. Thank you so much. I'm uh, thank you for allowing me to be on here. Yep. And again, uh, connect with Kayla at brighttothemiddle.com and just check out all those great resources and definitely some uh, incredible blog posts and resources and ideas there for every educator to be, whether you're a middle school educator or uh, high school or elementary, there's, there's great ideas that you can, you can connect in every uh, subject as well. So thanks again for listening to this episode of the STEM Everyday Podcast. Remember to subscribe on your favorite podcast app and leave a review so more educators like Kayla can find it and, and learn those great ideas that they need from all the great educators that are sharing their their ideas, their advice and uh, resources and time here on on every episode. And connect with me at dailystem.com and keep up the great work educators. You are doing the most important job.